Yes. I thought you were going straight back to the research centre. Yes. Yes, I am. Only I saw your car was still parked outside. I thought perhaps you might have been taken ill again. No, no, I'm perfectly all right, thank you. I just had to come back for something, that's all. What a charming place. Hmm. Charming. Lovely old grandfather clock. Is this the living room? Oh, yes, very nice. Very nice. Had the place long, have you? Uh, no, I bought it a few months after I got the job here. Mm-hmm. Look, Doctor, I'm sorry, but I really have to it's be very heated, too, eh? It gets very cold up here. Yes. Still, you do keep it very warm, don't you? Yes, well, the thermostat's jammed, you see. I've, uh, I'm having it fixed. Well, perhaps you'd like to let me look at it for you. I like tinkering That's with these That's very gadgets. kind of you, but I've already sent for the people who installed it. Good. Good. Well, it is rather like the reptile house in the zoo, isn't it? What do you mean? Welcome to Into the Time Vortex podcast. We're talking about Doctor Who. We're talking about a classic John Pertwee episode called Doctor Who and the Silarians. I am Ken. Jeff. Julia. That's the title, Doctor Who and the Silarians. And it's the, <laughs> only time that, the only time that they've done that, I believe. Yeah, and it was a mistake. It was um, what they had done up to that point was they had called everything Doctor Who and the in in the production, but they would always drop the Doctor Who and the part, and they didn't do that because I think it was the director was a brand new director this time, and he just didn't know to get rid of it. He just thought it was Doctor Who and the and so he just left it on there. So it's really they think it's that's how it was titled that because it was just a mistake. Which is kind of weird. Yeah. Anyways. So, but the uh, the story itself. What'd you guys think of it? I actually didn't mind it. I, I thought when I was younger and I watched it, I didn't like it. But then mm -hmm. I watched it just recently, and I was like, "Hey, this isn't as bad as I thought." Actually, it was you know? But I, I broke it up. I watched four parts one day and. The next three, the other two. Yeah, I actually enjoyed it. Yeah, I liked it. I was surprised at how much I liked it, because um, I generally don't like the old ones. But I really liked the companion Liz. Um, she didn't scream once. Yeah. And she was smart, and she stood up for herself. And um, you know, I I thought the storyline was interesting. You know, they're they're in these caves trying to harness energy and and disrupt the Silurians who had gone down there for um, protection because of they thought the moon was going to hit the, the earth yeah. and um, you know the Silurian costumes were amateurish but and the acting for the Silurians at least was pretty one note for yeah. most of them except for the the leader initially who was at least willing to talk to the doctor and try to negotiate. Um, yeah. And, and I liked this. I mean, the storyline was, was very appropriate, you know, global oh, yeah. pandemic, lock yeah. everybody up. And I was like, Oh, how appropriate. Um, yeah. It's kind of, it was kind of neat watching it in this situation. Plus um, they were going to lock themselves up for 50 years. This episode aired in 1970 Fifty years later would be 2020, and um, 
the uh, the the Doctor Who episode, uh, which eludes me at the moment, the one that was done recently, that was in twenty twenty. That took place in twenty twenty. So fifty years later would have been when they were um, the Solarian episode where they came out with um, Matt. Was it Matt Smith? Matt Smith. Yeah. Yeah. So it's well, kind of intentional. Yeah. And we reviewed it in 2020, which is kind of interesting. I, I agree. I, I was surprised how much I like this episode. I, I always viewed it. I, I viewed it. I don't know how many years ago, and I thought it was kind of, eh. but I liked it better this time for some reason. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, it got a little draggy. It could have been. Oh short. yeah. Um, but you know, I say that about pretty much everything that is old yeah. because they did drag it out a lot. Yeah. It was seven parts. <laughs> yeah, it was seven parts. It was long. It didn't and, uh, feel quite... I mean, we've, we've had six-parters, even some four-parters that felt longer. This one didn't feel as long, though. I felt it, it moved really well. I thought the pacing was really good. They had enough going on. Things change. You know, they're, they're dealing with the, this first, and then they're dealing with the pandemic. and So there's enough changes going on, I think, that it, it didn't feel as long as it could have been. Yeah. It was Still like two different. It was like two different stories, in yeah. one. I mean, you had the, the why is the power and all that going away, and then Silurians show up, and then they start trying to kill the humans. So you, and then they had to try to stop, fix, cure the plague. So there was like actually <coughs> two stories in this one story. It seemed like. I'll say though the curing of the plague. There's a scene that went on forever where they were testing the antibodies or the virus or whatever and oh man that went on forever i'm like jeez we're gonna see how they're you're gonna they're gonna cure this plague in front of us it's gonna be <laughs> on screen <laughs> yeah 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 uh, so that was uh, yeah you know i thought I, mostly the acting was mostly good i mean the guy who the director of the facility you know was was a one note bad guy but, oh, Peter Miles? Yeah. Is that who that was? And, uh, yeah. He... The, um, but the doctor, Dr. Quinn, who was sort of in collusion with the Silurians, you know, I thought his acting was good, and his uh, partner there, the woman, I can't remember. Dr. Meredith? Yeah. You know, the, it was, the acting was much better than it has been in old episodes. Yeah. I agree. I think there were some really good characters in this, and even some of the unit soldiers. We have uh, the good old Paul Darrow, who plays yeah, Hawkins in this. <laughs> and um, he was the so, sort of the second unit soldier that was kind of running around. And I had forgotten that, I don't know if, I guess he got killed at the end or whatever, but I'm like, oh, he would have been a better, uh, he would have been nice to have around. He was a, he ended up being, he, Paul Darrow ended up uh, starring in Blake 7. Um, so that's why we recognize him, but, um, well, and, and Jeffrey Palmer, who, who played Matt masters, um, yeah. the guy from the science, the ministry of science, which sounds like something out of Harry Potter. The play um, carrier. He was the play carrier too. The play carrier. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. He, um, he was in a show with Judy Dench called as time goes by. Yeah. It's a, it's a wonderful show. And, actually, I, like, uh, I, I know that guy. He actually did a lot of stuff, and he did more than just one show. Oh, he's done a lot of stuff, but that's the one that he's probably 
most well known for in the states yeah it was funny because i had just watched tomorrow never dies or he and judy dent were in the movie he played a, uh, a stuffed up stiff british admiral and she was m and they had a couple good lines going by and then i see him in this i was like oh yeah and then i like oh yeah and he was also with her and as time goes by so were, yeah. were they married no no okay in real life no okay no but i do but, remember you know. that that james bond appearance and said oh yeah they i've seen them you know i knew that they were together and other things but or i knew about that somehow um he was also in Doctor Who a couple of times. He was in The Mutants, which is a later episode of John Pertwee. And he was also in Voyage of the Damned, which I don't remember what he was in that. He was the captain of the Titanic who uh, more or less pushed the sh ship into destruction to commit suicide because he was dying or whatever. He was the captain of the ship. Okay. Who ended up crashing it. Huh. Huh. And um, Paul Darrow, which I mentioned before, was also in a later episode of Doctor Who called Time Lash, which is uh, <laughs> not the best episode ever. <laughs> oh, and, and he was horrible in it. Yeah, he was. He was way, if you like over-the-top acting, that's a, the, the, um, the definitive. Um, Peter Miles, we mentioned before, um, was the, um, he, he was in a couple other episodes. It's amazing how soon invasion after these appearances, yeah. Invasion of Dinosaurs he was in, which is another John Pertwee episode. And then he was obviously better known Niter. as Niter in um, uh, Genesis of the Daleks. Um, and then the woman, Norma Jones, I think, she was in the Bombo Snowman and the Mask of Mandragora. Oh, okay. Anyways. Um... So going back to the story, I love how I, I like John Pertwee's doctor a lot, and I liked I like how his his dealing with authority throughout the episode, he's just <laughs> constantly fighting yeah. with it almost the whole time, and he's just making cracks about it and rolling his eyes, and then he's he's dealing with unit and the military mind and all that. I love that relationship. His um, snippy comments are like the best. There was a I think. Uh, Masters or someone comes in and says something and his response was, you may ask. <laughs> <laughs> and he just doesn't. He like looks at him and they're just looking at him like, gee, who's this guy? You know? It was like, I'm, I was like, some of his comments was just, I was laughing throughout the whole episode on some of the stuff Furry was coming out with. And just the way he said it, it was perfect. Have we done a Pertwee episode before? Because... Not sure I remember seeing anything with him. Pretty sure. Um, I think we've done. Did we do Ambassadors of Death? We've done everything of this season except for Inferno. Yeah. So we did oh. Spear, uh, Spearhead from Space, which was the first one. That's the one where he's in the shower at one point, and then he's in a, on a on a wheelchair. <laughs> chasing oh, him. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and then Ambassadors of Death is the one with the astronauts. There were there were aliens inside. And they were walking around. That might have been one. That might have been one that you skimped on because uh, it was six parts of uh, no, that was seven. talking on the phone. Seven? Okay, it was seven parts of someone talking on the phone. Okay. <laughs> and then we did Terror of the Autons. Oh God! With the, with the original mask, with the original master. Yeah. Okay, that's true. But anyways, um, I thought the 
I thought the Silurian costumes were okay. I mean, obviously, and the fact you had mentioned it, Julia, that there was a couple of different characters. It wasn't they weren't all one type of character. That one was kind of you know friendly, and and they sort of done that you know again. Mm -hmm. But um, and I like the new leader that takes over. I'm the leader now. You know, he's just like yeah. walking around and his yeah. his and mask. One is guy shaking. did all the vo one really? guy did all the voices. Oh yeah, yeah. Huh. Peter Halliday did all the voices for the Silurians. I gotta say, the only thing I found really annoying about it was that they the noise that they made when they were like breaking through a wall or oh, doing, yeah. killing somebody. But then they, yeah, they also often use that just as background music. And so I was always like, wait, what? What? Why is that noise happening? There's no Silurian there, so it got a little. Like I couldn't. T I sometimes was like confused with what was going on, background well, music, and I know that's yeah. Ken's thing to notice, but well, I noticed. The, yeah, I, I I noticed the music too, and I thought this is. Um, so, anyways, the music in this is horrible. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's, well, it's it's just really it's Carrie Carrie Blight Blight Carrie Blighton. He and did he Death did, and he did Death of the, of the Daleks, which is worse. The music in Death of the Daleks is the Daleks come in and it goes, did, 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 did. it's oh. And he did Revenge of the Cybermen, which isn't much better. Yep. The music. Uh, this guy but was parts of the Revenge of the Cybermen song, uh, song was in this one because I'm like, hey, that sounds familiar. Then I did the probably what you did and I looked it up. It's just like, oh. and it's loud <laughs> and it does sound. It's a high pitched. I don't know what instrument, bagpipes or something. It just was was really. It was probably a synthesizer. I synthesizer, mean, yeah, but it's just somebody was... who got a new toy and they have to try out every sound on the synthesizer. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> that's what that did sound like. Oh boy, uh, it was um, it was brutal. <sighs> yeah, it's not good. There's some I, really good. Go ahead. I thought in this one the brigadier wasn't really portrayed well. As like what we normally know him as, he just seemed a little bit more uh, of a jerk than normal. Well, I mean, he didn't, he didn't come off well, the brigadier. I don't think. Well, he, he was. Well, yeah, because he he's going to war with and the Silurians. Kind of started this. They started killing people, and he was killing them back. You know, and he lost some soldiers. And well, this is one of the just, best. Just the way he was talking and stuff like that. He just didn't seem like the normal brigadier that we're used to, that we've well, seen in it, other Pertwee stories. Did we see that in later Pertwee stories? Because maybe this is just sort of him getting... Yeah, cause, well, this is the yeah. second Pertwee story, so maybe they just didn't have it really hashed out his character as that much. Yeah. So now, why why were they not ever in the TARDIS? Is this where, when the TARDIS breaks down and they're stuck at unit for... Yep. Uh, He's stranded on Earth. Uh, Gallifrey, um, the Time Lords, banished him to Earth, so his TARDIS isn't working. Uh, so he's most of the time he spent. He's I don't know. Think he was working on it this episode, but he spends a lot of time working on it, uh, pieces of it at a time. And uh, so this and this is the episode where he, they introduce Bessie, the the um, the the what's it called the car, <laughs> um, well, which we'll still see quite often. Throughout the uh, next couple of seasons or so, um, I do like some of the imagery. Um, I thought the cave set was pretty impressive at times. Mm -hmm. They didn't overlight it, so it didn't look too bad. It was pretty dark. 
I had forgotten that this episode was um, when I was getting ready to sit down. I was going to, oh yeah, black and white episode. I forgot that they had, you know, got some color on this one. This is um, we'll talk about that in a minute. Not to get not to get too boring on the technical side, but this episode doesn't. This is officially missing. This episode is not in the BBC archives, um, other than the black and white version of it, which was the film copy. And they found uh, in the United States, someone had recorded um, a color version, but the quality wasn't that good because it's you're recording on a VCR, basically. But they married the two together, and this is like a reconstruction, re recreate, you know, putting it back together again. I thought they, this came out really good because I'm watching it, and I'm like, I can't tell that it, you know, it's not low quality at all, in my opinion. Well, there was a couple of instances where I was like, I wonder if this has been colorized, because, you know. Yeah, but it's not, not really, yeah, it's not re really colorization. It's sort of like, it's a it's a weird process. I'm fascinated by it, because I'm all in the technical stuff. But it's, um, somehow they're able to get the color, and they're able to match it up with the, but because the black and white version was recorded, it was a, a a film camera filming it right off of a monitor. It would be warped a little bit because the monitor was warped. So they had to superimpose. It, it was it's a it's a it's amazing what they did to it to to reconstruct it. And yeah, I thought it came out really good. They was, did that to a couple. Oh yeah, early stories didn't Fast they? I mean, the, the, the demons. Yeah. And invasion. One part of invasion of dinosaurs. Yeah. Yeah, and I didn't realize this, but I guess it was, who was it? That who's that guy? The guy that goes crazy on the missing episodes. Um, the fan. There's a fan in England that uh, found oh. most of the episodes. What's that guy's name? Um, anyways, he had the, called the someone. No, no, oh, he, uh, he's the crazy the guy. He's the guy that's like, oh, they're missing episodes. We gotta find them. You know who I'm talking about? The fan? Yeah, I, okay. yeah, I do. I can't anyways, yeah. Um, anyways, he called someone in America and told them to record it because he saw that it was playing in California or something like that. So they, the guy, the person went out and, and rented a VTR machine or VCR because back then they didn't have them as much and he had to rent it for a few hundred dollars and that's the only reason that exists, I guess, and, and some of the other episodes. Oh, I know exactly who you mean. I can't think yeah. of it. Anyways, um, we'll think we'll think of it. I, I love the the filming stuff where the solarian comes to the surface and you can see the sun in the background and everything. I thought that was really. I, I thought the direction on this was was definitely a high point. It was definitely uh, some good stuff with this. Yeah. Um, my favorite scene is when the doctor goes to visit that Doctor Quinn, and he's like, "Oh, it's really hot in here, huh?" And he's just like, <laughs> kind of like. Are you sure you're okay? This room's hot too. You know, he's like being really sarcastic, and then he he leaves, and then he, the guy walks over, and the doctor's looking through the window. I thought it was pretty funny. Ian Levine. Ian, Ian Levine, Levine. Yeah, yeah. How can you forget that name? Considering he's a jerk. But in that <laughs> scene where they, the, obviously Doctor Quinn was keeping a Silarian in his house, you could see. There's sweat on Dr. Quinn. Like, yeah. they, they put some effort into just spraying the guy's face a little bit or putting something on it to make it look sweaty. So there was a lot of detail, I think, in this episode that you wouldn't normally see in something like this. 
Yeah. Yeah, I was pretty impressed with this. Yeah, some good cliffhangers. I went in with very low expectations, and I watched it, and I was like, huh, it's pretty good. Yeah. I thought there were some really good cliffhangers. Um, let's see, what else? Oh, the Target book was called Doctor Who and the Cave Monsters. Yeah. Which seemed funny with why they just didn't call it Doctor Who and the Silurians. But, who knows? So, the, um, I thought the ending scene was the one of the best where they're blowing oh, out the yes. cave. Yeah. Uh, and the doctor and, getting all yeah. upset and and I liked her explanation of, you know, the government's scared and mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, this is just such an appropriate series to be watching right now. Yeah. Definitely. Exactly. Um, oh yeah, you're right. It's it's does hit that. So yeah, this, this is. Re- go ahead. This this was repeated when they colorized it in two thousand. Yeah, the um yeah they got the color signal from the U.S. broadcast and overlaying the black and white film. Um, yeah. Somehow, <laughs> and it and it came out really good. I remember when this episode first showed up in America, not. The first time it showed up, it was in color, and that, and then they lost the color episode. That's how they got the color because it aired, but in here in this area. Well, you're old enough. Did you see it originally in color? No, because it didn't. I don't think it aired everywhere in color. It was on. It was Time Life, which was doing it, and Channel Nine. I don't think ever had it in color, but when it first showed up in this area, it was in black and white. It was already the color was already gone. It, it was right. lost. Because that's and, how I remember originally yeah, seeing it in so black and white. I only watched it a couple of times or whatever over the course of years, but in black and white. And then the, when they did the colorization of it and put it on DVD, that would be the first time I saw it. But I do remember seeing the color copy of the American color copy floating around. I have a, I have a, a videotape of it somewhere, and, but it's a huh. it's a nth generation of the original, so it's. That's neat degraded pretty badly, but I have um, Silarians, and I think I have Ambassadors of Death or something, or at least one episode of that. It's horrible. It's almost not viewable, but it's in color. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. Anyways, I found that that very, you know, I guess when you have something that's in black and white, the film, it still somehow picks up there's something that you can use out of the black and white film. It's called the color dots or whatever. And somehow oh, yeah. you, you can you can get that data off of the film copy, you know, because you're filming it off a TV, and somehow they're able to, to marry those two together. Um, but, I mean, I, I just found that to be fascinating. <laughs> I, I did a lot of research on that. But anyways... Yeah. Um, Overall, I thought, you know, I think the episode was some really good stuff in it. And, yeah, I, th- um, I think one of the reasons it was really good because it was more of a pure sci-fi story than the normal ones were alien invasion or stuff like that crap type of thing. It was more of what happened yeah. on Earth type things. So it was more, it's kind of like, I don't know, maybe a quartermass story or something or, but. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of those in Pertwee. Uh, and, I mean, the, well, I guess 
in this case, they're not aliens. They they are, they were originally in, on Earth, so um, which and makes the a little bit are kind of the bad guys in this, sort of in a way. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. I mean, you can look at it both ways and say definitely the Silurians were the victims, but it takes two. Yeah. Whoops. It wasn't bad. It was fun to watch. It'll be a while before I want to sit through it all again, though. <laughs> I watched it in a few different parts, too. I didn't watch it all at once. I watched a couple at night or something. Um, now, Julia, did you watch it all in one go, or did you split no, it? No, I broke it up over two. I watched uh, five parts last night, and then, well, I started, like, yesterday afternoon, and then I finished it up this morning. And then you... Okay. Yeah. Which made it a little bit easier. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. There are a couple of cameos in this episode which I totally did not see. <laughs> um, I read about them and then I looked for them and I couldn't find them. I guess um, Terrence Dix, Barry Letts, and Trevor Ray had cameos during the um, the spreading of the virus or whatever when they were out in the when what's his name was out there, oh, uh, Masters. Masters and I, huh. I don't I recognize. I did. I, you know, I didn't see them, but obviously, it's, it looks like to a degree. It looks like they did some of it guerrilla style, where they just went out there and there were people in the background that were kind of staring and stuff like that. But apparently, they're in somewhere, and I, I just didn't see it. But, um, so. That gives you a reason to go back and watch it again, right? No. Okay. Nope. <laughs> Not for a while, anyway. Yeah. Okay, anything else about this? No. No, no. I'm good. Okay. Well. We're watching. Okay. Um, okay, thanks for listening.